You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the LightningInsider.com podcast. I am Eric Erlinson. From lightninginsider.com, and welcome to round number three. Yes, coming at you after the Tampa Bay Lightning defeat the Carolina Hurricanes by a score of 2 to nothing in Game 5 of what we're calling the Central Division Championship as the Lightning emerge out of the Central Division and make it back to the league Semifinals, yes, that's the league semifinals. There is no conference final this year, eh, despite who Tampa Bay might play next. But we'll get into that in a few minutes. Uh, but the Lightning are once again back in the league's final four. And they have, uh, this is the seventh time in franchise history they have reached the final four. And this is the fifth time in the past seven years that the Lightning have reached the third round of the NHL playoffs starting in 2015 when they reached the Stanley Cup final and lost to the Chicago Blackhawks. And then in 2016, reached the conference finals against the Pittsburgh Penguins. In 2018, reaching the conference final against the Washington Capitals. And then, of course, last year in 2020, when they went on to win a Stanley Cup championship. And now this year, so five times in seven years, the Lightning have reached the Final Four, and it's quite an accomplishment. They only have the one title so far to show for it, but it's a run of success that, you know, in modern times, you're defined by championships. You are absolutely defined by the number of titles you win. Think of the Atlanta Braves and how dominant they were in the National League for all those years. Only had the one title, though. So what do we think of most of all? We think of more of their 
lack of championships as opposed to just the one championship. Now, different sports, obviously. But here we are talking about an unprecedented run of success for a team to reach in the modern times, especially, especially in the cap era, to reach this many Final Four situations as the Tampa Bay Lightning have done. And it's, uh, it's quite, again, it's quite the accomplishment for what they've been able to pull off here with this core, with this group. Of course, Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman are the two longest tenured players. But just think of this group with those two, with Alex Kalorn, with Tyler Johnson, with Andre Palat, you know, Andre Vasilevsky the past few years. You know, you're, you're adding in uh, so many core players to this roster and to be where they're at it it's just I, I've said it before I, I said this for a couple years Lightning fans you're spoiled you are there's been a lot of success with this team I know they've only reached the mountain one time but there's been a lot of success with this team so here we are once again discussing a team that has reached the Final Four stage, and is halfway to their goal of repeating as a Tampa uh, Stanley Cup champions, which is something only one team has done since 1997-98, and that is the 2016-2017 Pittsburgh Penguins, who did repeat as Stanley Cup championships. Before that, it was 97-98 with Detroit. You had Pittsburgh in 91-92. Then you had the run of uh, the Oilers, of course, and then of the New York Islanders in the 80s. Uh, that's it. It's hard to do. And in the cap era, it's even more difficult to get done. And here we are talking about a team that has now won six consecutive playoff series. And they have won all six of those series in six or fewer games. So they've never reached a game seven in the past six playoff series and in fact you just just thinking back they were up 3-1 in the series against Carolina they were up 3-1 in the series against the Panthers they were up 3-1 in the series against the Dallas Stars they were up 3-1 in the series against the Islanders they were up 3-1 in the series against the Bruins and they were up 3-1 in the series against Columbus so in each of the past six series the only time they've trailed is when they lost in game one of the Bruins. And they came back and they won the next four. So you can sit here and see just how good this team has become at winning games in the playoffs. And, you know, I've said this before. If I'm repeating myself, if you've heard it before, I apologize. But for those of you who have not heard this before, you got to go back to 2019, and as much as that loss to Columbus stung, and it stung, and it left a scar, a scar that will never go away, it was sort of a seminal moment for what this team has been able to do now the past two playoffs. And look, they're only halfway to getting to where they want to go. But that loss to Columbus sent this team soul-searching. It sent them on a path from management to coaches 
to players in finding ways to turn things around, to turn their fortune around. What could they do to be better? It, look, it's not always going to work, but it put them in a, in a different mindset, a different message, a different mantra from management, from the coaching staff that trickled down to the players. And it put them to where they are now just in terms of how the coaching staff wants them to play, how the coaching staff needs them to play. And this series in particular against Carolina is a good definition of that. And in the playoffs, winning is the only thing that matters. You don't apologize for how you win games in the playoffs. You don't say, ah, you know what? We didn't like the way we played. Did you get the win? That's really what matters the most. And in this series, you saw on display what makes Tampa Bay so difficult right now as a playoff team. And really the last two games in particular have been that way. Because game four, the wacky and wild game four, where there were eight total goals scored in the second period, Tampa Bay had a lead going into the second, fell behind by two, ended up having a lead by the end of the second period, going to win that game six to four. And then you flip that to game five where Tampa Bay wins two to nothing. And how it, it's how they went about winning the game two nothing. It's not about the offense. This team can score. We know that. It's about how they handle themselves in every other situation. You know, what are you doing if you get the lead? What are you doing if you fall behind? And you hear John Cooper, again, say a lot, a lot of the time, process over outcome. And, you know, it's a mantra, and it sounds repetitive. In a lot of ways it is, but that's the point. The point is stick to the game plan. Play your game. Don't stray from it. You know, if you if you start to fall behind, certainly you have to change the way you play. You have to take more chances. But for the most part, it's just play your game. Stick to your stru- structure. Stay disciplined. Stay within yourself. Don't get caught up in the moment. And game five here against Carolina was exactly that. Because they didn't, they didn't let things get away from them. They stuck to their system. They stuck to their game plan. And the last three games of this series were very striking to me. Because in games one and game two in Raleigh, Tampa Bay steals both games. They grab a 2-0 series lead by identical 2-1 scores. But in those games... It was really Carolina that dictated a good portion of the play. 
you know, you go back and you look at some of the numbers from games one and two in terms of shot possession and everything else, you know, how we measure the game nowadays, how we view things when we look at the numbers. And in games one and two, in terms of shot possession, at even strength, this is even strength, Carolina had 53% possession in game one and 59% in game two. So the Lightning won both those games for sure, right? It's two to one. Or two nothing, sorry. And they don't look dominant doing it, but they do it with a controlled play. And one of the things that we noticed in those first two games was how so much of the game was spent in Tampa Bay's defensive zone. You didn't see the puck down at Carolina's end much at all. Well, games three through five, the script flipped a little bit. And one of the big things that Tampa Bay did is they changed their breakouts. It's huge on how you change your breakouts. So you want to talk talk about adjustments throughout a series. The lighting coaching staff switched things around in terms of how they, they did breakouts. And we saw this a number of times because Carolina likes to send in the two four-checkers, right? They're, they're a pretty aggressive team, and they're fast. So those, they like to send in the two four-checkers. And how you beat that is with not necessarily a stretch pass, but you stretch them out. So if they're going to send two guys in deep, it can open up some ice. Your D partners stay back. And what we saw a lot in this series was one forward would hang out or be in position somewhere around the center ice face-off circle. And the other two wingers or the other two forwards would stay wide. And this is how they were able to get the puck up and get the puck in. And that's how all of a sudden you started seeing more zone time for Tampa Bay in the offensive end. Game three, the puck possession was 54% for Tampa Bay. Game four, wild wacky, 52% for Carolina. So not a huge disparity. Shot attempts were 39-36, five-on-five play. And then in Game 5, and some of this is score dictated, but 5-on-5, it was 54% for Carolina and 46% for Tampa Bay. You know, and in in, in Game 4 or Game 5, the clinching game, the Lightning didn't spend a ton of time in the offensive zone, but they had some sustained shifts. They had some sustained opportunities in the zone that led to scoring chances, that led to opportunities to just cycle the puck and work Carolina down low, but it's because they were able to get through the middle areas of the ice better than they did in games one and game two. And that's a huge difference in this series. So that's a a, a big thing that Tampa Bay did to sort of dictate a little bit better the way the game was going to be played. 
yeah, they had the 2 two nothing series lead after games one and two, but you still have to make those adjustments. And they did, and credit to them, because Carolina's a very good team. They're a very good team. Would not have been surprised if Carolina won this series. And here we are talking about Tampa Bay winning it in five. Opportunistic, for sure. Power play was deadly in the series. Score another power play goal here in game five. End up with seven power play goals in the series. Big one tonight was the first goal of the game. Braden Point in the second period. So one of the things that, you know, in addition to changing the breakouts, can we talk about the play of Andre Vasilevsky and Tampa Bay's ability to rebound from bad games? And Andre Vasilevsky to rebound from a, a bad game? Let's face it, he didn't have, he was not at his best in game four. But they won it. It was nice to see the team pick him up. Well, in this game, he was dominant. The save he made on Vinny Trocek, 48 seconds before Braden Point scored, is the type of series-changing plays that he's capable of making. Because Carolina broke up ice in a two-on-one Short-handed, a puck rolled off the skate blade of Nikita Kucherov, picked up by Jordan Stahl, and they go off on a two-on-one. And Stahl makes the pass over to Trocek, and nobody, there's no goalie in the league who can move from side to side, lateral movement, as fast as Andre Vasilevsky. And then you tack on... His legs, I love talking to Bobby the Chief Taylor about how long his legs are because not only is he fast post-to-post, he can cover so much ground in a quick period of time, but he gets the push off, and it's actually a glove save that he makes on Trocek. And then what's more impressive, or as impressive, okay, it's impressive, what he did, not only does he make the stop, and glove it down. He has the presence of mind not to cover it up because Trocek is sliding off into the corner. He's tied up with Nikita Kucherov, and Vasilevsky has the presence of mind to see that it's Anthony Sorelli coming at him, so he quickly lets the puck go, flips it out of his glove, and off Tampa Bay goes the other way because he knows he's got two Carolina players trapped down. Just a a brilliant play on Vasilevsky's part. The other thing I want to bring up from this game is the impressive play from the line of Tyler Johnson, Ross Colton, and Pat Maroon. They were just fantastic in the third period. These numbers, they're ridiculous. They are absolutely ridiculous in what they were able to do in, in this game. I don't think I've ever seen a more just reward for a line than these three players got. They didn't see a ton of ice time. 
11 to 13 shifts is all they got. The ice time was right around eight minutes for all three of them. They spent five minutes and 39 seconds of five-on-five time together. Their shot attempts were 13 to 2 in favor of their line. And this is where it gets better. The scoring chances created by this line favored them 9 to 1. And then a ridiculous 7 and 0 in high danger chances. I, I, and this was and, and a lot of this was in the third period. And they only took four shifts in the third period. But did it not feel like they had about 19 scoring chances just in the third period? Every time they were on the ice, they were generating. Whether it was Maroon holding the puck behind the net for a wraparound, whether it was Tyler Johnson finding a loose puck and racing up ice, trying to set up Maroon as he cut to the net, or Ross Colton setting up in front after one of those Maroon chances and Maroon finding him all alone at the top of the crease. Like, it just felt like they were generating so much energy and so many opportunities for the team. And they were finally rewarded on a play that started with Eric Chernak. Eric Chernak steps up at center ice. You talk about gap control, and he steps up on Michael Lorenz. Lorenz coughs the puck up. Ross Colton picks it up. Off he goes. And you could tell he wanted to pass it. Or he was at least selling pass as he came down the right wing side. And eventually, he just snapped off a wrist shot short side and beat Alex Adelkovic at 9.04 the third period to give Tampa Bay a 2-0 lead. And you just knew, you just knew... With the energy that line created, the opportunities that line created, for them to get the goal, what a boost that was for the bench and what it meant for the bench. Because one nothing, it's a one-shot game. As well as Andre Vasilevsky was, it's still a one-shot game. Deflection, tip, anything, and it's a tie game. 2 nothing, with 11 minutes to go, felt like an impossible climb for Carolina at that point. So that was absolutely huge. And that's the second straight game that that line came up with a big goal. Remember, it was Tyler Johnson that had the tying goal in the second period in game four that made it 4-4. Colton and Maroon both picked up assists on the play. So that line was justly rewarded for the work that they did And it sends Tampa Bay through to the Final Four for the second consecutive year, the third time in four years, and as I mentioned, five times in the past seven years. A remarkable run. Lighting now sit and wait to determine who they are going to play next. We do know that it will be the winner between the New York Islanders and the Boston Bruins. Game Six of that series with the Islanders up 3-2 will be played on Wednesday night. Tampa Bay will have home ice advantage or they will start the series on home ice 
Don't know when that'll be yet. But whoever wins between the Islanders and the Bruins will be the Lightning's next opponent. Of course, both of those teams were opponents in the bubble last year. Tampa Bay beating the Bruins in the second round in five games and then beating the Islanders in the Eastern Conference Final in six games to advance to the Stanley Cup Final. They do know that it'll be one of those two teams. Schedule, obviously, is to be determined. You have, uh, again, Game 6 between uh, New York and Boston on a Wednesday. If there's a Game 7, it will be Thursday or Friday. excuse me. And then you still have the Vegas-Colorado game series going on. Vegas with a 3-2 overtime win on Tuesday night sends it back to Vegas on Thursday for Game 6. If there's a Game 7, that will be on Saturday night. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. I, I, would, I would imagine the league and in particular the television partners want a Saturday night slot. Can't guarantee it necessarily. Because the only potential game on Saturday night would be Vegas-Colorado. But a lot's going to depend on what happens between the Islanders and the Bruins on Wednesday night. Because if that goes to a Game 7, obviously they can't start that series on Saturday. My guess is Sunday, Monday, somewhere in that range is when we could be looking at it. Um, but again, stick around and uh, we'll, we'll all have that determined here. In a few days. Uh, All right, before we get to the questions, and uh, as usual, you guys send in a lot of good ones. I just want to make sure we're passing along our promo code for Smack Apparel. Our friends at smackapparel.com have those great back-to-boat shirts and the big cat shirts. Uh, If you go to smackapparel.com and use the code BOLTS21, B-O-L-T-S-21, you will get 21% off your entire order. Uh, so check them out again, smackapparel.com. Bolts21 is your discount code. And, of course, we have the T-shirt. So we have a winner from our trivia contest the other night. And, and I apologize. I did kind of screw it up. I said I was looking for four. It was actually six times that the Lightning have scored at least six goals in a playoff series or in a playoff game. So I I messed that up. So everybody who uh, answered the question uh, was entered into the drawing. And our winner for the T-shirt is Daniel. So, Daniel, I will be contacting you. I believe you contacted me via email. So I will be sending you uh, an email looking for your mailing address, your choice of shirt. You can choose either the back-to-boat shirt or you can choose the big cat shirt. So you'll let me know that. Uh, and also the size that you need. So congratulations to Daniel for winning the free T-shirt, courtesy of our friends at Smack Apparel. All right, we have another T-shirt we want to give away as well. Uh, So this is going to be your trivia question for another free T-shirt from Smack Apparel. So again, send me an email, eric at lightninginsider.com. That's E-R-I-K at lightninginsider.com. Or send me a direct message on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Eric underscore Erlinson. That's E-R-I-K underscore E-R-L-E-N-D-S-S-O-N. And again, the winner will get their choice of the back-to-boat shirt 
or the Big Cat shirt to answer this question from tonight's game. So Andre Vasilevsky became the first goaltender in NHL history to pitch a shutout in three consecutive series-clinching games. Yes, he's the first NHL goaltender to pitch a shutout in three consecutive series-clinching games. He is also just the fifth goaltender, fifth active goaltender, with three or more career series-clinching shutouts. Name me the other four goaltenders. There are four other goaltenders who have recorded three or more series-clinching shutouts and and active goaltenders. These are active goaltenders, so somebody playing in the league now. There are four of them uh, outside of Andre Vasilevsky. So send me those names. Again, email me, eric, at lightninginsider.com or send me a direct message on Twitter to get into the drawing for another free shirt courtesy of Smack Apparel. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. All right, questions, because we do have quite a few of them here to get through, so I'm going to try and get through this as quick as I can here. Um, Start with the one from Rich, uh, who says uh, Alex Ndolkovic has had two goals supports or had two goals of support um, in his three starts. Uh, hard not to think that this series might have been 2-2 if he wasn't benched. Yeah, it was an interesting decision by Rod Brindamore to start Nedeljkovic in games one and two and then go back to Peter Morazic for games three and four and then back to Nedeljkovic for game five. Now, Morazic obviously picked up the only win in the series, but Nadalkovich just got no run support. He only let in six goals in three games. Lost all three of them. Because his team scored a total of two goals for him in Carolina. So, yeah, one of those what-if situations, right? Uh, from Mark Handers, who uh, listening over in Spain. Uh, honest question with the Canadians and Bruins slash Islanders advancing. Who plays for the Prince of Wales and who goes for the Clarence Campbell Trophy? Um, there is no trophy for that handed out this year because there is no conferences. So they're not going to be handing out either of those trophies this year. Uh, it'll just be the Stanley Cup since we don't have a true conference alignment this year. So I uh, hope that clears that up. From Meg, who impressed you most this series? Well, the obvious is uh, Andre Vasilevsky, right? Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go. There were a couple, um, but but I think the biggest one for me is Mikhail Sergachev. So we know a lot about Mikhail Sergachev, the offensive defenseman, what he's able to do with the puck, especially dancing along the blue line everything that he brings to the table and just watching him mature and become a better defender. He had a whale of a game. He was my number two star of the game because he had five block shots. He was putting himself in position to uh, not let pucks get through him. 
Uh, so that's a great sign of a young player who's still just 22, fourth-year pro on a, at the hardest position in the game to learn, really coming of age, and it was great, great to see. From Jim, did Tyler Johnson redeem himself in this series? Uh, well, I guess I have to ask you, Jim, what do you mean by redeem? Is he bouncing back from a subpar regular season? If that's if that's your criteria here, then yes. Yes, he has. And, and I know I've said this before. I mean, Tyler Johnson was really good in this series. He was really good in this series. A lot of energy. Uh, the big goal in game four. Um, you know, but he's back at center. You know, that's the thing that you kind of have to think about here. He's back at his natural position. I don't think he was ever comfortable at wing. It just speaks to the depth of this team, you know, but he's back playing his natural position, and I think that helps. I think that's kind of unlocked his game a little bit because he just he just feels more comfortable in that position. So, um, is it if you want to call that redemption, that's fine. I I just think he's just playing more comfortable because he's at a more comfortable position. Uh, from Corey, which of the two potential opponents do you think we have a bigger advantage against? And by we, he means the Lightning. Um, it probably would have to be against Boston just because I think the Bruins are still pretty much a one-line team. They really rely on Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand, or Marchand, I don't know how he's pronounced his name this week. David Krejci is still a performer, and they found a winger for him in Taylor Hall, but they haven't had the impact in the series against the Islanders to this point that they had in the first-round series against Washington. And then you've got Tuka Rask, who, as great as he is, is not playing 100%. So if that's going to be something that's going to linger, and we'll see as we sit here and record this, I don't know. We don't still don't know who's starting Game 6 for the Bruins. So if that's the case, you know, the Bruins don't have the depth on the back end that they used to. There's no Zdeno Chara. There's no Tory Krug. They've been banged up. They're missing Kevin Millar and Brandon Carlo, who have missed time because of injury. So they're banged up. So if you want to look at it from that aspect, maybe that's an advantage that Tampa Bay might have. Uh, because the Islanders team, this Islanders team, is not the same Islanders team that they saw in the conference finals last year. Uh, yes, they're missing Anders Lee, but they did pick up Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac from the Devils, and Palmieri's been great for them. Uh, so they're, they seem to be a little bit deeper, a little bit more comfortable and confident playing this season than maybe they did last year. So um, I guess if we're going to break it down that way, then obviously the slight advantage has to go to uh, the slight advantage Tampa Bay might have would be against the Bruins. Um, From Tenaciously Lee, do you think the Palat hit will merit a suspension? Uh, We might already have the answer to this by the time anybody listens to it. Uh, To me, it, it, it warrants... Potential. The potential is there that he could be suspended. Um, he didn't uh, fly his elbow, right? It was. It was. He kind of changed 
He veered off his path to deliver the hit, and I think that's what's not going to work in his favor here uh, to deliver the hit on Brett Pesci. I have yet to see a good angle to determine if it was direct principal contact to the head. It, it appeared to be. It was called an illegal check to the head. Pesci did leave, but then was back on the bench. Does that factor into the thing? Um, so again, we'll have an answer sometime soon. Uh, but I, I think it's definitely worth a look by player safety. And uh, if he does end up getting any supplemental discipline, I would imagine it wouldn't be for more than one game. But again, we'll have to wait and see. From Rays of Our Lives, has Ross Colton inherited the Braden Point clutch factor? Not yet. Not yet. I mean, we're, we are talking about Braden Point, uh, the guy who scored a couple of big overtime goals Last year, obviously the five-overtime marathon in game one of round one against Columbus. The overtime winner in game five to advance Tampa Bay to round two in that series or in that playoffs. You know, the 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 opener in game six against Dallas, which stood as the game winner. You know, the, the big goal, that one of the big goals that he really scored last year among his 14 was the end of the first period in, I believe it was game four, if memory serves me correct, um, to pull Tampa Bay within a goal in that game. So uh, I would not say that Ross Colton has inherited uh, Braden Point's clutch factor yet, but that was a nice goal, a big goal he scored third uh, in the third period. From Bolts Fan 18, was that the best game defensively, at least, of Sergachev's career? He was all over the ice blocking shots and breaking up plays. Um, I'd venture to say that's probably pretty accurate. Uh, the five block shots, again, he was massive in blocking shots. I mean, he laid himself out a couple of times, took a shot right off of his hamstring at one point. Um, so, yeah, I, I would venture to say that that's uh, probably a good chance that that might have been his best game defensively. Um, let's see, Meg. Did Meg ask the same question? Yeah, Meg asked the same question, so I'm going to skip over that one. Um, from Jim, does Andre Palat's penalty uh, an issue? Where is his scoring? Um yeah, you know, I, I just we just talked about his uh, the hit and what that could potentially mean. Um, we'll have to see. As far as his scoring, um, you know, he's not scoring at the pace he did in last year's playoffs. You know, he's only got two goals and, and five points here through 11 games. Um, but that's because he's not getting the power play time as last year because the power play keeps scoring. The number one unit keeps scoring on the power play. So that's limiting the opportunities for him uh, to find uh, time out there. Uh, but but again, I, I'm, I'm not worried about his scoring to this point because they're getting contributions from, from everywhere. Um, you know, but look, he's got two goals. Guess what? They've both been game winners. All right, another one here from uh, TBL Fanatic. Uh, 
Obviously, the return of Nikita Kucherov was huge, but what else do you notice is different between the end of the regular season and now as it seems the Lightning have hit another gear? Well, look, their power play has just been dominant. I mean, they had seven power play goals in just in the series against Carolina. And, and Nikita Kucherov's return is a huge reason for that because he changes the look and the dynamic. And so, look, so does Steven Stamkos. Right? Steven Stamkos missed the last month of the season. He's back as well. But Kucherov is the biggest reason. The other thing is, too, you know, I, like I've told anybody who wants to listen to me, that how you play at the end of the regular season has nothing to do with how you're going to play in the playoffs. It's two completely different scenarios, two completely different situations. So you might lose the last three games of the regular season. So what? How do you play in the playoffs? And I just think this is a mature team, and it's an understanding of what they have to do to get to where they want to go. They know there's a certain way they have to play to get them to where they want to go. It's as simple as that. It's an understanding. This. They know. They now have tasted what those sacrifices can lead to. And, and I think it's as simple as that. It, it sounds like it should be a bigger deal, like there's some magic thing that kind of turns things around for them, some coaching decision. No, it's, it's just a mental understanding of what it takes to get there. The Mikhail Sergachev blocking five shots, right? And even even how much this team has learned, you know, game five against the Florida Panthers where, no, I take that back. Let's go back to game three against the Panthers where the Lightning had a two-goal lead in the third period with a chance to go up 3 nothing in that series. And the comment from John Cooper after the game was, we felt we just played like we could defend our way to a win. Well, what happened tonight? Game five, situation where they had a lead. They didn't sit on it. They didn't fall back. They didn't just try and defend. I mean, we talked about the fourth line, the difference they made in the third period. Again, that's just an understanding of how you have to play when it's time to you know win playoff games and, and that to me that's just where they're at uh from Prozemic, uh the Bruins are a better matchup for Tampa Bay right question mark and Tampa Bay played both teams last year what can change in the semis comparing to last year or do you expect almost exactly the same series no matter who they meet um well again Boston added Taylor Hall and that's brought in a different dimension that's provided them some depth, which is, again, they haven't had that. They've been looking for a winger to play with David Krejci for years. But they still rely on Pasternak, Marchand, and Bergeron. If those guys aren't scoring, good chance they're not winning. So in that in that case, nothing's changed. Now, the series against the Bruins last year, remember Tuka Rask left the bubble? So it was Yaro Halak that was in net for those games with the Bruins. So there is a, a difference in goaltending. And as I mentioned earlier, Rass seems to be banged up. As far as the Islanders go, look, you, you know exactly what you're getting out of the Islanders. They're going to work their tail off. They're going to defend. They're not going to give you much. They're not going to let too much space happen and open up. So th- some of the personnel's changed a little bit. 
You mentioned the, the trade acquisition of Kyle Palmieri has made a huge difference for them. Uh, but other than that, you know exactly what you're getting out of a Barry Trotz team. And that's they're just going to work hard. Um, Michael Potter asks, uh, again, about the Palat hit and whether it could be a game. But he adds this caveat, who would take his place? Uh, it'd be Matthew Joseph. I don't know what the lines would look like. Maybe Colton would get moved up, uh, and Joseph would go on the fourth line. Um, but that would be my guess if, again, if Andre Pilat has to sit out. Uh, Mike also asked this question. If Tyler Johnson doesn't get taken in the expansion draft, do you think he could stay as the fourth-line center? That line is buzzing. Um, no. No, They look, the lighting of cap issues. They have major cap issues, and there's not even a guarantee they'll you know they'll be able to shed some of that salary in the expansion draft because there's you know they're going to have to expose players such as Ross Colton or Matthew Joseph or Alex Barry Boulay, you know younger players that maybe Seattle would be more interested in anyway. Again, I I don't know what Ron Francis and his staff are thinking in Seattle. But if Johnson's not taking, I, it's still hard to see him coming back just because the cap issues are still there. The cap issues did not go away. They were just kicked down the can for one year. Uh, from Oliver, thoughts on playing a, quote, new team for the first time this season slash postseason? How will this affect going into the series in the first game? Well, it's certainly a difference when you haven't seen a team face-to-face. Right, there's a lot of familiarity. There's really a lot of familiarity with the Bruins because they have been a division team, you know. And you did just face the Islanders last year in the conference finals, so there is familiarity there. But you haven't seen how they play. Now the teams haven't changed their DNA. They haven't changed their identity. They're still the same teams, but it can be different. You know, again, uh, facing the Bruins with Taylor Hall is a lot different than facing the Bruins pre-Taylor Hall. Just adds a different dimension. Uh, And I thought John Cooper had a really good line some point early in the year when this came up. And he talked about facing, you know, once you get out of your division, facing a new team, it's like the Champions League. UEFA Champions League. Where... You're playing the same game. You're playing the same league, quote unquote, but you're facing a new team that you haven't seen on the ice. So there'll there'll be some adjustments. You'll, what I think you'll get more than anything else is that first game will be a little bit more feel out process than certainly we saw in the first two rounds of this playoffs because of the familiarity against them. Um, question about that was asked about the matchup better. Uh, Prezemic asks, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's better for Tampa Bay to avoid the, the Canadians in the semis, even though they barely made the playoffs in the weakest division. Playoff, Carey Price is scary, and as I said earlier, we know both teams from last year's playoff. What are your thoughts on Vegas, Colorado against the Habs? Well, we know Montreal is facing the winner of Vegas, Colorado. On paper, it's a serious mismatch, no matter who it is. Serious mismatch. But you have a couple of factors. One of them is Carey Price. 
the other one is the uh, confidence that the Canadians have right now in the way that they've been playing, especially since they fell down 3-1 to the least. There's a different belief in that team. And then here's the other factor. Depending if if Vegas can close out this series in, in six or if it goes to seven, <clears throat> two very fast-paced teams facing off against each other, going toe-to-toe, how much does that take out of them? Montreal will be well-rested. Whereas whoever comes out between Vegas and Colorado, not going to be rested. In fact, they're going to be worn down just because it's what, it, what it's taken. I mean, even Vegas tonight, you know, in game five, had to come back from down 2 nothing going into the third period <clears throat> to win that game in overtime. So again, on paper, it's a massive mismatch. But the game is not played on paper. So uh, as easy as to say for sure that whichever team would run away with that series, it could happen. But uh, I'm not willing to, to say that's for sure. Um, from Mike again, whole team win Carolina with three home losses all season regulation and three home losses in the series. Very impressive. Yeah, the other impressive part about that, Tampa Bay did not allow a five-on-five goal in those three road games. The only goals Carolina scored in the three games at PNC was a power play goal by Jake Bean, a six-on-five extra attacker goal by Andrei Sveshnikov. That was it. Those were the only two goals Carolina scored in front of their home fans in this series. Uh, from Gary, who's your early Con Smythe favorite? Who, boy, that's a tough one. I mean, Nikita Kucherov is, is off to a great start uh, through two rounds. Uh, Mark Stone, if we want to expand beyond Tampa Bay, um, has had a fantastic playoff so far for Vegas. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky, obviously, what he's been able to do, especially with two series sh- clinching shutouts, first against Florida and then tonight against Carolina. Um so if I were to pick three, uh, Tyler Toffoli, depending on what Montreal does, Toffoli's had a fantastic postseason for them. Uh, so if you're looking at a guy from Montreal, that's probably who you have to look at. And then the other series, um, again, P- Kyle Palmieri's had a great postseason. I think he's five or six goals so far. Uh, so he's really stood out for the Islanders. Uh, and then Brad Marchand has had a great, again, playoffs for Boston so eh, you know we'll look at it from that way I'll follow up here from Gary is Steven Stamkos a Hall of Famer he's missed a lot of games in recent years so his numbers aren't quite up to that level yet does winning back-to-back cups cement his legacy uh it helps his legacy I don't know if it cements his legacy you know and there's a good chance he's going to reach the 500 goal mark right he certainly he has missed some time through injury and then through lockout Remember, he missed half a season because of the, the lockout in 2012, 2013. Uh, I think it's too early to say one way or the other for sure. Uh, he's trending towards that area, especially if he can reach the 500 goal mark. Uh, but I'm going to leave that book open right now um, on whether or not he is a Hall of Fame. Because, I, you know, I always think of the Hall of Fame, you know, it's the best of the best of the best. That's what the Hall of Fame should be. Um, 
but he, he's he's trending that way. But let's give it some more time. Um, from Lighting FCB, what about those Tampa Bay performances in clinching series? Every single team in the future should watch those games to learn how to put on a shutdown clinic when it matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lockdown. Did it against Florida. Didn't give the Panthers a sniff. And really, outside of that shorthanded chance that Trocek had, the Hurricanes didn't have a lot of ton of chances, right? Like the high danger chances and the scoring chances in this game. And look, this is an area you always kind of look at, right? So even strength-wise, scoring chances were 33-25 for Tampa Bay, and the high danger chances were a ridiculous 20-8. And eight's probably just on the high side in terms of high danger chances that they want to give up. Probably want to keep that number down a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's again, it's sacrificing, it's blocking shots, it's being in lanes. That's what they have to do to win games. That's what it is. Uh, from Dave, uh, tell me why the Bolts won't win the Stanley Cup. Wow, put me on a the spot there, Dave. Um, well, if uh, Andre Vasilevsky plays like game four, Andre Vasilevsky. Don't see that happening. But you're asking me what-if questions. So that's a situation. If they sustain, knocking on wood, too many injuries on the back end, that could derail them. Uh, and really, that's that's probably about it. I, I mean, look, if if they face, if they're fortunate enough to get past this next round and get back to a Stanley Cup final, it's a good chance you're facing either Vegas or Colorado. And those are two really, really good teams. So, you know, you could run into, you know, both Philip Grubauer and Marc-Andre Fleury have been great in that series for both those teams. You could run into a hot goalie. I mean, there's just there's just a lot of things. That's why it's so hard to win this trophy. Well, it's so hard to win this trophy. You have to have things go your way. They certainly did last year. So far this year, but they're only halfway there. Um, so those those are my ways of looking at it. All right, two more here. Two more here. First from Chris. Uh, great effort for the Lightning in this series. Are you surprised the Bolts were as dominant as they were? See, I don't know that they were that dominant. Right, I don't know if they were that dominant. They won it in five, but you had a two-one game, you had a two-one game, you had a three-two overtime game, you had a multi-goal comeback, and then you have a a two-nothing game. Pretty close. And when you have two good teams, like Carolina and Tampa Bay are, goaltending can make the difference, and experience makes a difference. So. Again, I wouldn't call this a dominant showing by Tampa Bay. Um, But I would call it understanding what it takes to win. And that's what this team has. So if if you want to call that dominant, then that's dominant. Um, From Michael on Colton's goal, great check by Chernak to free up the puck for Colton. Yep, he stepped up and forced Mike, Mike Lorenz to turn the puck over. And Ross Colton swooped in, picked it up, 
went down, looked off, and Delkovich beat him short side. But you always look for where's the genesis of a play. And in that case, Chernak didn't touch the puck, so that's why he didn't get an assist. But he stepped up and forced Lorenz to cough the puck up. Little plays don't show up on the score sheet, shows up on video. Uh, last one from Thomas. Uh, are there no trophies other than the Stanley Cup this year with a new format? Uh, not that anyone cares. Yeah, we answered that one, right? No Clarence Campbell uh, trophy. No Prince of Wales trophy. No conference finals, so that's why there's no uh, trophies for those accomplishments. All right, that's going to wrap up this Game 5 wrap-up from uh, myself, Eric Rawlinson from LightningInsider.com. Again, Tampa Bay Lightning do defeat the Carolina Hurricanes 2-0. They do win their second-round series in five games, 4-1, to and will now await the winner of the New York Islanders and the Boston Bruins to start the NHL semifinals. Remember, no conference finals this year. It is the NHL semifinals. All right, don't forget about that Bolts 21 code at Smack Apparel. Uh, Don't forget about the trivia question. Rewind it if you have to. To find it, uh, email me, eric at lightninginsider.com, or send me a direct message on Twitter at eric underscore Erlinson with the answer for your chance to win a free T-shirt. And, hey, Father's Day is coming up. If you have any interest in a signed copy of my book, Email me, ericalightninginsider.com, for details. $25, I'll ship it to you. I'll sign it and ship it to you. Uh, Father's Day is June 20th, so you still have plenty of time to get it done. But contact me, ericalightninginsider.com, or again, DM me on Twitter for information on that. All right, uh, so next podcast will be up next few days. We'll get a series preview going for whoever they're going to play. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to this so you can get that in your inbox as soon as it launches. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you share. Make sure you rate everything you got to do. Thanks, everybody, always for listening. We'll be back here in a few days. Until then. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.